Experience passion. May 25th, the culture. 2020. George Perry Floyd was killed in the streets by Officer Derek This Schoen. is a coordinated activity happening across this nation. And so we are in a state of emergency. Black people are dying in a state of emergency. We cannot look at this as an isolated incident. The reason why buildings are burning are not just for our brother, George Floyd. We're, they're burning down because people here in Minnesota are saying to people in New York, to people in California, to people in Memphis, to people all across this nation, enough is enough. And we are not responsible for the mental illness that has been inflicted upon our people by the American government, institutions, and those people who are in positions of power. I don't give a damn if they burn down Target. Because Target- Welcome to the Swing Culture Podcast. These conversations are not for the faint of heart. I am your host, Nadine St. Val. My friends call me Queen Nadine. I have been an active part of the adult community for over 21 years. Please join me as we dive deep into the secret society of partner swapping, group sex, BDSM fetishes, and alternative lifestyles. Ooh, baby. Good evening and happy Thursday. I hope that all of you are out there safe and snuggled and with those that you truly love. Yes, if we can get a little bit of happiness going on today, that would be wonderful. You know, usually we get in here and we talk about sex and BDSM and what's the best way to suck a good dick. And, you know, I am one for all those topics. And I'm a strong believer in sexual liberation, as you all know. But um, I would be, it would be irresponsible not to discuss what is really going on right now in our streets and in our country and I felt it was important to just have the conversation so tonight's podcast is going to be a lot different from our usual topics and this is not going to be an easy subject unfortunately you're listening to the swing culture podcast Featuring Queen Nadine. Ooh, baby. Tonight's special guest is originally from Oakland, California. Author, poet, activist, creator of the Punani Poets. HBO Real Sex for almost 20 years. Jessica Hilton. I didn't hear the phone ring. How you doing? I am wonderful, Jessica. Thank you for 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 talking with us today, and um, welcome to Swing Culture Podcast. Thank you. I, what I, have y'all been up to? Quarantining like a motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the bar so much, and I mean it in the least alcoholic way as possible. <laughs> oh man, I'm um, sure like. Yeah, I miss my friends. I miss socializing. I miss people. Right. How about you? How have you been? What have you been up to? Well, 
I am doing what I normally do between tour dates, which is sit in my basement. When you called earlier, though, I actually was having a romantic moment, um, like having a movie night. Oh, nice. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time alone, like working, writing, and making art and stuff. So it really hasn't been... The, the most stressful part for me has been reading all this crazy news that will make you paranoid as heck. Like, I try not to over get too much information. I, tr- I, do, I do. I'm like, I'm got myself down to twice a week. I won't, I can't. It makes me nervous. It makes me it's nervous. It's so bad. Like, it's so bad. So I took a sabbatical from the news this weekend at the behest of my family they were like you need to calm down please don't watch the news so I agreed and I go back to the news yesterday and find out that a man was murdered in broad daylight by the police I just can't it's so much so it's so intense and the only thing I really have to hold on to is the fact that but everything's still going on. They still they still to find a way to kill us, huh? It is just none of it. None of it surprises me. None of it. Like I feel, I feel bad for people who drank the Kool Aid and really believe that we could ever truly be equal when it came to allowing them to decide whether we were equal or not. You understand? You know, it's so crazy that you you brought this up because I, I f- friends of ours just got married in two days ago, and we went to the wedding, and they're very 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 pro black couple, and we had the same conversation, the exact same conversation, and it's and real, and it's very real, and you know. Someone I love very much once said to me, "We were we came here as slaves, and so we were basically prisoners of war, you know. And um, they let us free. They stopped calling us POWs and just called us slaves. So once we became free, we didn't want to. We weren't f- interested in fighting back. We we're just happy to be free." There is a guy <laughs> named Dane Calloway. That I just really want to pull your coattail to. And um, my friend and coworker, uh, y'all haven't had a chance to meet Dr. Marobi, but if we ever get back up and running and you want to get, uh, you know, if y'all want to get like a BDSM demonstration, she is fantastic, professional sexual health educator. But she knows how I am, like, bit of a conspiracy theorist and everything mm-hmm. but um she hit me to this guy um dane calloway he has a show called i'm just here to make you think have you seen it? no but now i'm gonna check it out you you suggested i'm checking it out i want to suggest to all of the listeners out here some simple facts that we really 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 need to consider um first of all um, you know, I went to school to be a writer. I went to Howard to become a journalist. Real quick, real quick, and real one quick. Of the, 
real quick. I mean, I hate to interrupt. Those of you who are just tuning in, this is the the beautiful, the the goddess of of poetry, Jessica <laughs> Holter. Thank you. I I, ha- I had to uh, reintroduce you because we just started talking. <laughs> that's okay. okay. Thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, um, so I went to school to be a journalist and I, it was my love. I just wanted to be a writer my whole life. Never have I ever thought about being something else. Like since I was like in third grade, I always just wanted to be a writer, a truth teller, a truth speaker, and a sharer of that knowledge. And you've seen my performance, so you see where I'm coming from. Really, I just wrap a bunch of facts. And some nice poetry with some music that Dwayne Wiggins makes for me. I used to, I used to sneak but, to watch your show at um real, on Real Sex because I wasn't allowed to, but I used to sneak and watch it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, yeah, I'm not so, sure if I ever got caught, but I, I definitely did sneak to go see. Man, every time people tell me that, I'm like, oh God, please say you weren't underage. <laughs> but, um, at the time, you know, I was pretty young at the time. I was, I was in my 20s still um, when the HBO segment came out. But I had, had a child. I was married. You know, I was mature from my age. But um, it was a lot. I think I was 25 when I started with Tonani Focus. And so this year was our 25th anniversary. That's beautiful. Congratulations. Anyway, back to this dance show because you, you got to hear this. <laughs> When I started watching, I, he suggested, first of all, he is a, I forgot the right word for it, but he's a researcher, professional researcher. So he goes to like the Library of Congress and all these places that American white folks claim are the places where they hoard the knowledge, you know. Okay. And so he goes you. to them to get this information to prove himself. He, he's not really a conspiracy buff or anything like that. He's a more a historian. So his whole platform is based in something that I now absolutely believe, and that is the majority of black people who are in the United States were here when white people got here, and that they rewrote the narrative by changing the laws that define who you are by race. So based on your actual skin complexion, they decided if you were going to be considered black or not and if you they considered you black or colored they, i don't know you probably are too young to remember but there was a time where black people were considered colored this law was created to encompass as many people of color as possible any black people who did not have any legal information stating that they were part of a tribe and at the time there were Many, 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 many tribes here when white folks first came. Many tribes. There were millions of people here. There were not. It was empty. 25 Indians running around with arrows. It wasn't that. It was millions of people. And there are at least 63, I think, wars that they call the Indian Wars. That was us. That was black people, native people, Asian people, whichever people had already been coming here over time you know what i'm saying for trade and they have yeah they had you know spanish people had been in south america and the caribbean islands for 200 years without any women wow so the mestizo people you see by the time they got to america there had been so much race mixing you can see it now 
now that people are openly loving on each other, how many mixed people you see in movies now? Well, it's so common now. It's it's in, in every commercial. It's everywhere now. Because I, I, honestly, I feel, I feel like they definitely the they definitely push it out there. It's definitely the agenda is definitely pushed. They do because they know that this is the new reality. So, um, they changed some some laws which you could look all this stuff up, which redefined you or recategorized people by the way that they look, like the color of their skin. And on those grounds, they enslaved people. So you had been free, but then you weren't. I'm not saying they didn't bring slaves here; they did, but not the overwhelming majority of black people who are here. So. You know, by keeping the knowledge from you, it keeps you from the rights to your land. And I really think he has something. Like, we really need to think about, if, if you think that people who were not, these people were devious enough to keep their own children enslaved, okay? If a master had a, a, a baby with a slave, that child was a slave. It was a slave, and yeah. That child was, and they would sell you off. And do whatever they wanted to with you because you were property. Yes, but who would do that to their own child? Like, if you That's think deep. that a person that would do that, if you think that a person that would do that wouldn't just create these bold-faced lies and put them in textbooks and make that education You're never going to get the truth. Why would I give you the truth? I wouldn't give you the truth. Why would? That would be against everything that they stand for to actually give you the truth. So you can't believe any of this bullshit. You understand me? When when is saying uh, fake news, yeah, he know what he's talking about. It is fake news. It doesn't mean you could trust him. <laughs> it doesn't mean you can tr trust anyone. You can't trust anyone. My father like, used to always say, "Don't trust nobody's information but your own." If you no, really want man. answers, go out there and you get your own research. Open. And that's why when I came to visit y'all at the um, we did the, the Incredibles event that you had, that was fantastic. Thank you. I, um, it was. It was. I was very like. I was intimidated. Honestly, that's why I chose to bring because I know y'all already. You don't need the Punani Coast to bring you sexuality. Y'all pretty much have that covered. But I wanted to make sure to bring the romance and also to bring the energetic science. It was the energy was was strong. Your you, the energy Wasn't was definitely it? strong. It was definitely you. You to be around right? you is inspiring. So, so her teaching about how energy and kinetic. And all that stuff work really does explain to you how we got ourselves in such a pickle. You know, it, it's like you want to, black folks are good folks. Black folks, my experience, I understand about, you know, having somebody, you know, put up your ass and the bad choices you'll make under duress. That's something different. But at our core, black folks are good people, fun-loving people. We want to sing and dance and entertain and make love and make 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 ourselves and other people happy to be around us. Good times, good food. That's why I love to get together and have a, have a good party with my friends. I love it. Nothing makes me and happier. That's why I'm looking at this, and that's why I'm looking at this particular situation going, damn, they caught our asses going and coming. They cut us off at the 
core. So they gave us something that tells you you can't even be in close physical proximity to the people you love or they'll kill you. Do you know the kind of stress that brings on a human spirit? Do you know, remember I was talking about your kidney? Mm. So the kidney is, is connected to the emotion of fear. So if you get, this is why uh, medical care is not free because they keep you sick so that you'll need, this is money. All of this is about money. How much money can they make? And you have a few individuals all mixed up in it who have other purposes like population control. You have, you know, the supremacists who, who believe that there is a master race and then you have other scientific people, like people from eugenics, who believe that um, there are on, only the strong, talented, and gifted people to, should survive. And anybody who has ailments or who's some type of derelict or some type of menace to society is what they actually call it in the in the law menace to society, they have a law on the books that never got off the books that was upheld twice by the Supreme Court and that is forced sterilization. It's the Sterilization Act of uh, 1924 which so, allows the government to sterilize. And, I, and, I, and, I, and you always hear about them doing that in the prisons. Yeah, they do it in the prisons. They, um, they do it to black and Latino women all the time. How many people do you know who have a hysterectomy or a partial hysterectomy? Mm, a, a lot. A lot of people I know. It, it's, it's Too damn many, let me tell you. And that, that's one of the one things I could say. What, 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 when we came to see you perform down in Manhattan is y'all give us so much information. It's not just about sex and sexuality. This this real genuine information it is, right? And it's, I, I try to pick things that people can apply to their lives, which is why this is a great opportunity to talk to you right now because, I mean, we'll get into the tonight stuff, but this is very important for people to understand that nothing really happens by accident. I believe And that. everything, all the answers that you need to life are truly inside of you already. That oh. is inside of you already. See, you Jessica, know this Jessica, inside of you. Hmm? Jessica, see, this this is why I needed to talk to you. Because <laughs> you are like, you are preaching it right now. Everything you hey, need, man. everything you they say, this, everything you need, you come here with it. It's already, it's already here. You, you're here, you're brought here with everything you need. And then we open our children up at, at the hospital and allow them to be shot up with vaccines they do not need. Every Everything that a baby needs is in his mother's breast milk when he's born. That's the way nature is. Everything. And they tell you, like, there's so many black women who don't even bother breastfeeding anymore, which is a horrible crime. Like, you've got to breastfeed your child. It protects them against um, all types of allergies and health problems that they might get, everything, that's why you lactate. That's what it's for. But instead, you rather trust somebody who used to own your somebody. Trust them to inject you. 
lack of information lack of information like like you said yourself lack of information information is more than that it's a twisted love affair it's like being in an abusive relationship with someone and you get to know them so well and you get so familiar and so comfortable in your environment your surroundings and you you get complacent to allow them to create everything for you so that you can be comfortable and, and happy and you're willing to take the L from time to time when they lash out, you know, you're willing to, to take the L. And that is what black folks in America do. It's a brainwashing. It's a brainwashing. brainwashing. Unpimpable. Because I believe in the dream. The stuff Cinderella was weaned on. Looking for me a John Henry to lean on and uphold like the backbone I am. Unpimpable, like Malcolm and Martin, fully realized yet unhardened. For I see the green for the demon it is. The paper pimp feeds on insecurities, teaching you to be sheep in their school, scribbling ever-changing rules on the fabric of your self-esteem, then brand you with a scarlet F for foe. Gatto girl blue. Cause you're pimping the field tonight. My pimping feels right. Unpimpable. I remember being on the school ground. I'm one of the. If you know what I look like, you you know what I look like. Yes, yes. You high yellow, high yellow, curly hair. (laughs) There are white people darker than me. Okay, (laughs) there are some Italians make me look like hell. (laughs) So. I'm in my school in Oakland, California with, I think we didn't have, we might have had one or two white people at that school. I, I doubt it. Maybe some Latinos or something, but it was a black school. I'm the blackest motherfucker in there because I was raised in a happy, I'm from Oakland, but I, I was raised in a foster home my first six years of life. And they were black campers. They were all like practicing Black Panther, so some of my first rally cries were like free Huey, you know, <laughs> like I, I was that the, that little like this. All of this, just, like power to the people and black is beautiful, right? And so a lot of people today, I'm 50 now, so a lot of people today don't remember that. A lot of oh no, I remember that. Remember. I remember the Black Panther party. I remember that. I remember that. A lot of people don't remember black is beautiful and you know, the press then would slant things like instead of talking about the free breakfast program and the free lunch program, they talked about um The Black Panther Party was responsible for organizing the WIC program that we have today. Before yes, exactly. But did they get credit for it? No, they got murdered. And then they stole their whole concept and, and, and put it in the schools. I mean, I'm sure they're not mad about that exactly, but they can't allow a black person to really rise to the top. I'll tell you, Oprah needs to be watching her damn back. Okay. Well, you, you, you have, you have inspired, you have, I've seen, I've, from, from your work, I've, I've been inspired. So, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow when you see so many people getting more out of life. You know, it, it is. It's a hard pill to swallow. It is, but you have to remember the essential thing. First of all, your health is your wealth. Your love is your wealth. Your time is your wealth. If somebody comes in and they take 
um, 10 hours of your day and it takes you an hour or two to commute through traffic to get to work, an hour or two to get home, leaving you with only an hour or so to spend any time with your family, leaving them eating uh, McDonald's, getting fat. Something out of a can. You are giving up more. You are paying out more than you are receiving. You you may say, well, I make $120,000 a year. How much are you really paying? How many how many years have you cut off your life trying to keep up this pace? How much stress is this bringing to you? How much fear do you have of losing your job, saying the wrong thing, and now you've created a lifestyle for yourself you cannot afford without that job? It is slavery. This is what slavery is. Damn, Jessica! You can, you can trade with your community if you want to. We don't need to go to anybody. I can go on Alibaba right now and buy a box of hair. I can take orders from everybody in my neighborhood who needs some hair, order it wholesale at Alibaba and have them come pick it up. You don't need to go to that store. You don't. Oh, my God. I I appreciate you, Jessica Holter. I appreciate you so much because... Girl, you are speaking to my spirit right now. We're not even like doing the questions for the interview or nothing right now. Like this is so. It's because you. You you This is like this is so. You are talking to the right person. This is like so me, so me right here, so me. We have the power, and we, you know, I understand people want to get in the streets and protest. I understand you need to get some things off your chest, but standing in the street and protesting while. You know, they shoot you with rubber bullets. Like, unless you're just trying to get on the news, you have to understand that that is not going to free your people. Well, you're activists. What do you What do you suggest people do? Like, how, how do you suggest well, everybody change? Has their, everybody has their gift. Everybody has their role that they must play in society. Um, that's why uh, you were gifted with the things you were gifted with. There's, there's an episode on um, uh, the Brady Bunch I saw one time. And I think the mom or the dad said to the kids, find what you do best and do your best with it. Damn. I just had this conversation with my husband, I swear to God. So find what you do, do best, best and do your best. Become with a, a master, master of trade. Huh? Jack of all trades, master of none. Become a master, master of your trade. Oh, trade? Like economics? No, I mean, ma- master what you do. I was repeating what you said. Ma- oh, master, oh, master, master what trade. you do. Yeah, master your trade. Or, or just don't even worry about it even being a trade. You have to understand education in America, in the world, is a man-made institution. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, the baby, I understand you. I hear you. Yeah, the first thing they teach you in journalism is that the only thing you know is that you know nothing at all. The only thing you know is that you know nothing at all. Everything that we subscribe to as the truth that we learn from some book 
came from somebody being confident enough to say, I believe this is the truth and writing it down. And everybody and decided it, that, that that was that they all agreed on it. And that's what it was. That they trusted that person. Yes. And within two generations, your old history is pretty much wiped out. They make a point of repeating their story or his story in the textbook year after year after year after year, generation after generation, staying consistent with their stories, right? We can't even stay consistent with our identity. Mm. So, so, oh, I was listening to um, someone talk the other day. They said, you know, it's a shame when you have reproduced yourself to being nothing more than a color because you are so much more than that. You're listening to the Swing I mean, Podcast. And I get that. I get that, that is something to hold Ooh, on baby. to. Uh, being a person, I'm, I'm, I'm about to slow your way back real quick. But be, being a person um, who technically I'm biracial, technically, but like I said, I grew up in a black community and this is my history. Black history is, is my experience. It is your history. It is your history. Um, and um, I have brothers who are not black. I'm the only black child she had, as a matter of fact. She had another one, but he died. So all my brothers are white. And I hear them when they get drunk and they say, oh, denying your white side is denying me. I hear these things. But I have a very real truth that nobody could tell me anything different. When I was 10, my mother, so I had been in foster care my whole life. But my mother... I told her I was staying with her on a trial basis, and I just didn't like how I was behaving. So, you know, I'm one of the people that's, like, been here before. Like, I, I have, like, angels and voices that tell me when I'm doing the wrong thing. I feel extreme amounts of guilt for things, and I, I have learned where my boundaries are. And at 10 years old, I was sneaking out going to Rocky Horror Picture Shows and smoking weed. Well, I knew that living in a black family, I did not behave in any way like that, okay? You would have got, got popped growing up behaving like that. Popped a good one. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Girl, pop my ass. My mama, made, my mama was born in Texas, Longview, Texas. Oh, they washed your mouth out with soap for swearing in Texas, girl. You bet not. Girl. You bet not. Go to the tree and get a switch. I used to have to go to the tree and get a switch. If, and that's just for sneaking out the backyard. Like, if she knew I was smoking weed at 10 years old. Oh, you would have got oh it. God. You were bold. Yeah, so one. So one day, um, I just, I had pretty much had it. And I just told my mother, this is my real mother. I told her, um, I need discipline. <laughs> you told your mom? I told her, I need discipline. I can't stay here. I I would like for you to pack my bag. Um, and I want to go back to my foster home. Okay. And my, my Irish say? mother... My Irish mother looked me in my face and said, I can't believe you're going back to live with those niggers. Are you fucking kidding with me right now? Nope. Yeah, but how did she end up with a black man if that was her mind frame? 
Because it's not, that's the thing. She spoke her truth. In a moment of extreme duress, when for the first time in my life, I was making the choice to leave. And up until then, every six months, she was, you know, I can't do it. I can't take it. I'm, you know, she sent me back. So now it's my choice. And I've decided that this is not the best environment for me. I want to leave. And so the way she reacted was that. I can't believe you're going back to live with those niggers. But the way she said it, the disdain with which it drifts, was so telling that she would think that I would be constrained to choose what she considered the lesser Over of her. people to be with. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? It was a, a haughtiness that was ingrained in her because she was a white woman in America. Does, now, does, does part of you, do you think she said it to hurt you? Hoping to discourage you? Do I think what? Do you think maybe she said it to hurt you, to discourage you from wanting to leave? No. No. I, you know, I'm a Scorpio. When I decide something, I just decide it, and that's just what it is. I've always been that way. And for me to even say that to her, I, I definitely just decided. Your mind was made up. And again, again, I have to say these were the angels moving through me, through my life, um, because they found her not two weeks later dead in that apartment. I would have found her that way. Oh, that's deep. So this was God moving in my life. Making me do this, making me make this mature adult choice. So when I say to all the brothers and sisters listening out there, you know the answer. God is in you. God is telling you what is right, what is wrong. You don't need white folks to keep you in line. The line is the path to your life. It is the path, the pathway to the greater you. So I remember when music was something we could party to without being insulted. I remember before hip-hop went sour. I remember when hip-hop was still good. We had Queen Latifah. an art form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, It's an art form that we love, a, a rhythm that we paced our lives to and made it turn against us rewarding people for the worst possible messages to be sent to our children, like rewarding them for that. And the fact that people like um, Ice Cube have not repented in any type of way really lets me know that there are still uh, house niggas, leg niggas, field, I mean, uh, field, what do they call them? Field, field niggas. Field niggas, house niggas, whatever they call it. People who will sell your black ass out, who are as black as you, who's supposed to love you, and all of that. So, like when Kanye was saying, um, it's a choice. I don't think he necessarily meant it like that. Like we, we were like, oh, we could. The betrayal is a choice. Build companies. I don't think it was like, oh, you could build companies or you could be a slave. And we said, oh, we signed up to be a slave. I don't think he meant it like that. That's crazy. But at a certain point, you become. Um, the catalyst to your own despair. You see what I'm saying? Because they're not writing those lyrics. We gave them the choice to say, 
oh, positive rap or negative rap. Oh, the more gunfire in it, the better it, it is. We gave them that choice. Yeah, the but the fact that my mother, all honesty, the fact that my mother could look in my face and say the word nigger. It's fucked up. That's beyond fucked matter. up. The thing is, it didn't matter to me what she meant. None of that matters. Because it's, it's about the fact that that is in you. You understand what I'm saying? That is in you. It's already part of if who you are. In you, if that is in you, then the, the devil in you has control over the God in you, and I ain't fucking with you. <laughs> Jessica Holtz, for those of you who are just swing, tuned into Swing Culture TV, author and creator of the Punani Poets. Jessica, you are a powerhouse woman. You are powerful. Okay. Your words are powerful. And I, I, I'm I'm sitting here speechless. I am. You you are you, you, you are okay. but you know, like I said, the lady that was raising me, Miss Audie Lucille only uh to give proper what pop to do and she was, you know, a real God fair woman who really when it came down to it was like, Do the right thing. Like you, I'm gonna train you up in the way that you should go, and then you do the right thing. I took a lot of shit from my community about doing punani poets, but I knew it was coming. After yeah, but it inspired so much. Music had become. It well, did, and, is, it, I, and I it brought awareness about safe sex. Like, come on! Because I needed to be able to speak in a language that was becoming the familiar language of the time, and at that time, we were responding to bitch and hoe. So, if I could get you to call it punani at least put a little class on the ass give you something to look at while i slip this truth in your heart then that was what was on the menu for the time i felt you know and because people weren't really going to respond to a bunch of poets snapping and all that like the window hadn't opened up for that punani poets actually didn't just usher in erotic poetry but poetry as a medium that artists could use to to make an income for themselves that did not exist for the modern poet. No, not until until it came along. You created the platform. Not on the scale. Yeah, not on the scale that it is now. You had a few anointed poets who had had books published and stuff. Of course, Langston Hughes and stuff like that. But um, I, I was in this postmaster program that I started when I was real young and. It really gave me the the skills for public speaking. And, you know, I used to speak in my church, and I was um, called to preach when I was twelve and stuff. So I had things already in me. But to see that sex to kill you, at girl, I was just coming into my sexuality, and then AIDS came out. I was like, "That's oh, scary as no. shit." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, oh man! That'll stop the party like, train real quick. Really <laughs> Yeah, but that's when I really started paying attention to, I had been in the army before and I knew some things about like germ warfare and stuff. And so I knew that that was a thing. When AIDS came out, it was so weird how it was concentrated in certain communities and stuff like that. And so instantly I'd automatically just went to, this cannot be natural. There's nothing new under the sun. So how are we going to just have a bunch of new stuff just popping up? No, nah, you got laboratories. They had us think that some African has sex with a monkey. Hmm, That's what heard, they tried to make us believe. I think I heard that one too. And then it was a whole fad where it only was affect. They, they thought it was only going to affect the gay community, 
and it it it, it was it definitely did not. It affected a lot of people. It well because there was a time I don't think I talked about all this at your show because I mean like ruin your party or nothing. But at the time they um you have to look at everything in the time timeline. Look at when rap music became very very pro violent. In the beginning, it was just storytelling. It was beats. It was hooks. It was um, fun. Catchy hooks. And, and familiar loops that we recognized from R&B songs that we had our parents had danced to and stuff. So it was, it, it, it had a purity to it. And even when they talked about life on the street or whatever, it was more storytelling, um, more like um, recording. That? Yeah, I get what you're saying. It wasn't encouraging you to shoot nobody. It was just saying this is the type of stuff that happens in our neighborhood. When they started endorsing that type of behavior and everything, um, it and it's dropping off bags guns and, and, and drugs in the hood and stuff like that, created this um, drug problem. So at the same time, you just look at, just Google this stuff. At the same time, um, cocaine had had yeah, it was pumping as like the drug of the time for even corporate people were doing cocaine and stuff and then crack came out because the it was cheaper, cheaper. Mm-hmm. and then all uh, the young black men started getting into the drug dealing and everything and then they started going to jail well in jail i remember growing up all the guys on the car on the block who sold drugs had like the nicest cars the, the biggest yeah. chains, so the prettiest the girls, girls on their arms, and yep. it was because pretty the much the normal. Yeah, I remember that was the eighties growing so, up. Right, so they so right, so the eighties at the same time, right before they started to just say no campaign is when they first started privatizing the prison. So private prison is where it's just like a, a, a group of people. A lot, most of them are ex-politicians. As a matter of fact, Thurgood Marshall's grandson is on the board of directors of the biggest private prison company in America. So probably shit. just like then, it's just like now, we are involved in our own demise all the way up to the top. There is no accident that Oprah dragged Michael Jackson's legacy out of the grave and crucified him on television 10 years after his death. Like, these these are things that um, they need to do to destroy any legacy that will be on paper in writing because the word is God. If it's on paper, people believe it. Mm. The word is God. Are you religious? Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself religious? Am I religious? Mm-hmm. I am um, a Christian. I'm a. I feel like I feel like I am most likely a Christian. Yeah, I'm open to hearing all types of things and theories about spirituality i consider myself a christian because i just like that example of being a nice person because i feel like at the end of the day if you're nice and you have goodness in your heart um it'll just come back to you 
and it, it's been it's been proven in my own life. And so I try to just be a good person, try not to do wrong to people. And that is an example that I got from church. Gotcha. Uh-huh. I don't go to a particular church here in Georgia. I never found a church home here. I, I still consider true by my church when I grew up in and learned to speak in. But, um, yeah, when I say the word is God, understand I'm not talking religiously. Uh, I, 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 didn't think, I didn't think he was. I was just curious. I was yeah, curious. I'm saying when people see words written down, they, they, think they take it. True. They take oh, it to I heart. Yeah, it's true because I read it somewhere. So now if people go back to read about Michael Jackson, they're not going to read that he was one of the most powerful musical businessmen of all time. They're going to read that he was accused of child molestation, which he never was convicted of any of that. They'll 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 they'll, they'll, they'll be they'll be a little bit of both though. I don't think it'll just be one sided. I think they'll they'll you'll be able to find the good but and the bad. The end of the, but that's the end of the story. I got that's you. That's the last thing you hear. And he can't defend himself because he's not even here. Girl, if you watch a great movie and in the end the person you've been caring for the whole time suddenly dies, mm. that's what you're left with. <laughs> <laughs> you have, is right, it, if he if he suddenly turned around and kill his mama, you're like, what? What the fuck? Is is that is that why? Right. What is that why you were inspired to to become an author and begin to write? Because people when when people because words are so powerful. Words are everything. Yeah, it's it's because um, I did not sing really well. I did not. I was in the church choir and stuff, but I wasn't really singer. I was really more storyteller. Like, I was always good at writing stories and getting people to listen. And it was my gift. And I had a lot of really great teachers. I have to say, shout out to all the teachers, man. Teachers are everything. I, I pray we just. Especially those who are still <laughs> working in quarantine. So, definitely, big shout out to them. Yeah, like, wow, like, wow. Teachers are everything. But this lady named Artist Love Lady Hopkins um, taught me how to do public speaking. And it, it did a lot for my self-esteem. Actually, I, I'm sure you've been on my website. So I have a program. Yes, give us, give us your website. website. Give us your website real quick. Yeah, so everybody could just go to ghettogirlblue.com, ghettogirlblue.com, or jessicaholder.com. It'll take you all to the same place, which is my new store which shows um some of my artwork and um i have a blog on there where you can see some of the things that i've been talking about tonight just some thoughts and ramblings that i put up just so people pick i know that the media is really um skewed right now and they get a lot of the media from the same source and they don't edit it they run those stories as is and there's very little recording going on. So I really just try to get information and pull it together in a creative way so that people can get other perspectives on things. So that, you know, when my son was in school, the teacher played the movie Roots. Mm. And there were only two. They used to play that when I was younger. They don't play that no more. The teacher played it in the class and, and started on the boat. She didn't even start at the beginning. She started the, the series on the on the boat. 
And I've had complaints about that because, one, there are only two black kids in this class. Why would you be showing this? What grade was this? Um, eight. I'm surprised. They don't even teach black history at the school anymore. It, it's, it, they, they don't. So I'm surprised that anybody would, would show roots in this time and age. To a room full of white kids. Like, why would you even show this? Number one. Number two. That's like, a hard movie. The book. The book is a. The book is a. Um, is a novel. It's not a history book. That's a novel. A novel means a person. Might it might have some truth to it, little stories in there. First of all, they got him for plagiarism because some of it he took from somebody else's book, another writer from Maryland. It was not true to his story exactly. It was a lot of made up stuff, as you do as, when you're writing in a novel. So why would you be teaching that in a class as if it's history? I don't know. And I had to deprogram my son from that bullshit. That's wild. That's wild. That's wild to still yeah, you still have to deal with stuff like this in this time and You do. You do. You have to deal with that. But um I if if yeah, it, in a perfect world we would all be able to live in peace and harmony. You know, in a perfect utopia. Hopefully when when uh, once we're all brown yeah. we'll have less shit to fight about. <laughs> no, there's gonna be other stuff to fight about. And and that's the thing. We we might want to start getting our ducks in in, in line um, so that we can be prepared to be on our own or to be cattle. Like, it, there's only... I got a whole novel girl called The War Between Tops and Bottoms. You know about this? The War Between Tops. That is one of your books I have not read, but I've, I know you have it. I know it's available it on Amazon. Novel. It's a novel in which I really wanted to talk to people about um, kind of where I was going with that prison story, which is um, once once men get in a situation where they um, have sex with one another, uh, even if it's forced. So when I was, um, the, the rape hotline will tell you that they get rape calls from men. And those rape calls um, in those rape calls, guys will be most stressed out because they got raped, but they also ejaculated. Because mm, that's a LG spot. And so you, exactly. So you can you can imagine how confusing that would be to a person. So you got a lot of people running around thinking they're gay because they like getting their prostate stimulated. And, you know, most of the ones like who came through the prison system experienced that in prison and then they get out, and then they don't know how to process all of that. And at first, they were sneaking around. Believe you know, it, believe it or not, that it's a, then, it's actually a huge controversy in the in the black swinger community. If a man is penetrated, does it make him gay or bisexual? If it's done by a woman, they say he's straight. They say, but if it's done by a man, then you're gay. And if you like both sexes, then you're bisexual. Well, I think it's important <clears throat> where and if we can to steer as much away from labels as possible. And I'm not saying this because of any 
political correctness because I am anything but politically correct. <laughs> I want to say that pleasure is pleasure. Like that. And this is, and because sexuality um, is taboo in our culture, number one, any type of sexuality is really taboo in our culture. Um, I had a journalist, um, Cortland Malloy was my mentor when I was going to Howard and working at the Washington Post. And I wrote, um, he had me on this assignment for all the writers out there. There was an assignment that I had to write, uh, just put my pen to the pad and just write for 10 minutes every day. And whatever came, just came, and that was the exercise. So it's a great exercise for writers if you're listening. And even if you're not a writer, you just feel like with this coronavirus, especially you just want to get some things off your chest and kind of maybe let your angst leak onto the page. It's a really great exercise. But I remember writing one time an argument for why sex, uh, why prostitution should be legalized. Mm. And he just, he just redlined my whole little article, girl, just chopped it all up. And I was like, what? But, and then he made me try to defend my position. And in the end, he was like, the main reason they won't legalize it is because it takes the fun out of it. Really? He said, he said people like to do what's taboo. They get an extra thrill <laughs> off of going against the law. So by breaking the, 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 the breaking the rule is the actual kink. Yes, hmm. breaking the rule is the kink. Boom! But the reward is getting to sleep with the prostitute. <laughs> well, and then there's there's other parts to it that 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 are exciting too. Like I have a um a, a a friend who <laughs> I almost said his name. I have a, a friend who said he had one trip with a prostitute before, and he had to say it was the most professional sexual exchange of his life. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was able to say exactly what he wanted, and she was able to tell him how much it was, and he was able to get everything that he wanted. He didn't have to sweet talk her or nothing, and he said it was fantastic. <laughs> I was like, wow. I love it. But yeah, and <laughs> so a lot of times people just people get an extra thrill um from doing what's taboo so i bet you there's a big part even of the gay community that is kind of like damn now that we fought for being for having gay marriage and everything we're probably taking a lot i mean the government by doing that is taking a lot of the, the thrill out of it sneaking around and all this, no, nah, you uh, gotta abide by our rules of everybody else. We get half <laughs> everything that everybody else did, and they take all the fun out of all the weird shit. Like they used to have like glory holes. You know what that is? Yes, I've always wanted to go to one. <laughs> I've always well, you can just go and put your butt up and somebody stick their penis in there. It's like, oh my god! You, no, you don't necessarily have to put so, your butt against it. You can put your penis out of it too. <laughs> oh, get a mystery blowjob oh, from a stranger. Oh my god! Like that, we have like, no, we have a we have a glory <laughs> hole bar. I think it was set up at my party. Wow! Yeah, but we promote we promote safe sex. We we are we are very big advocates on safe sex in the community. We it's heavily promoted. It's heavily practiced. Sometimes it does not happen, but 
it's definitely promoted. Well, and that's the thing. So we, and that's why I say labels, labels, because we say one thing, but sometimes what we say and what we do are two different things. Mm -hmm. So there are women running around here who say that they are, so I'm talking lesbian women, who say that they are studs. They'll take now the they penetration. Tell the girl, they, they present as a masculine type woman and they tell the femme, I'm a touch me not. That's the word they use. Mm -hmm. I'm a touch me not. That's the label, right? Yes. But you will find that one of the reasons they are a touch me not is because they don't want to put their vagina in your face because they know that they've been having sex with men. Because part of the thing is that they will only allow men to dominate them. They would never let a, a femme dominate them. Hmm. But as a, as a human with blood pumping through them, they want to get maximum sex too. And so the way of getting it is allowing them to have sex with them. Well, that you might call her a lesbian, but she's not. She's really. not. She might want to wear the title of being a lesbian to get respect from the community that she abides with, but clearly that is not what it is. I think most people are bisexual and put boundaries between between put place boundaries around themselves for their own protection. Like I did when I was a kid, I, I had to put a boundary between me and my mother because she was not capable of raising me in a way that I needed to be raised. So this is where I say the God can come inside of you and say, hey, I know you might like a nice gift one every now and then, but you got to let a woman know. You can't just go creeping around. This is how AIDS went from being a gay white male disease to primarily being a black heterosexual female disease. There's no other bridge unless they were just walking around injecting people. No, they were all fucking and people were being honest about who they were having sex with. And it's no different today. People yes, are still so not honestly, being honest about who they're having sex with because people have their secrets. And like you said, the idea of breaking the rules is the kink. It is what's appealing. And see, once we address that, because I, I am a big believer in getting to the root of a problem. You see what I'm saying? Like people get caught up in the in the detail of, of the story and how it, think about that game of um, telephone. How a story changes and people put their own spin on it. Right, and all to the that end of the line is a whole different, the car went from being blue to pink. It's a whole different scenario, right? Because things change over time. Things change in the hands of new people. So even with the government and all that, it's no one person responsible for all of this. There are probably some really good people who really wanted slavery to end. There are probably some great white people who are just clueless and helpless and just don't know what to do. And we have no way of finding these people. Thank, Thank you for listening to part one of this podcast. Please download part two now. And those people who are in positions of power, I don't give a damn if they burn down Target. Because Target should be on the streets with us calling for the justice that our people deserve. Where was AutoZone at the time when Philando Castile was shot in a car, which is what they actually represent?
Just keep. 